If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 577. It is January 10th in 2023. I'm Marina Sanchez, hosting today for Ryan, who is out on business. Um, but joining me, we have a full crew. Um, as always, it is Stella here with me in the office. Welcome, Stella. Hi. <laughs> then we have joining us remotely is Taylor. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I meant the office in spirit. Yeah, yeah. As is Destin, whose room is also green, which is always really fun for me because I was just like, dang. You're basically here. That's right. Bam. Hi, everybody. Hey, welcome. So we're going to get right into it because we have so much news to talk about, which is great because last night when I was playing this show, there was nothing. <laughs> so I was like, oh, great. Thank you guys for announcing everything before we recorded. <laughs> um, right before we get into it, though, I want to shout out our Wolong Finland Dynasty um, January IGN first. So if you are interested in Wolong, definitely check out the site. We have a lot going on as far as new gameplay, interviews, clips. Um, so check those out. But like well, I said, Wolong is one of my most anticipated titles. So yeah, Destin, <laughs> you must be loving really it. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. The IGN first stuff is cool. We got to look at a few new areas, some of the new bosses, mm -hmm. uh, the, the coverage has been awesome. So yeah, I really like that. Um, exclusive gameplay we had too is pretty, yeah, pretty neat. Um, also pretty neat though is your guys' predictions kind of were answered in that we're getting information, like ASAP from Microsoft. So thank you, Xbox, for um, listening, obviously, to everyone saying, hey, can we get some They listen to us. Yeah, yes, specifically, specifically us. Specifically. It uh -huh. is really funny yeah. whenever people online will be like, they listen to what I said. It's like, I, I don't think so. But, you know, <laughs> collectively, the collectively, you, I, we, we, we all said this. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, which it does. Bill was so. like, they're right. <laughs> we got to ramp this up ASAP. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so that news in question is that we're getting Xbox's developer direct on January 25th. So last week I said, you guys discussed how we needed some concrete details for 2023 and we are getting that very soon. So this is an extended gameplay showcase live stream that will feature 
gameplay and new details from Forza Motorsport from turn 10. And then from Arcane Austin, we're going to have more gameplay and details on combat, customization, bosses, and the open world from Redfall. Also some discussions on multiplayer. Uh, very exciting for me. And then we'll also have more from Minecraft Legends, which is a game that I completely forgot exist and could not remember what it looked like aside from it looking like Minecraft. <laughs> um, um, that'll be at the show too from Mojang and Blackbird Interactive. It's noted in the Xbox Wire post that that is launching this spring. So that's really good. And then following that, they will have a full standalone standalone showcase for ESO Chapter Reveal event, which is hosted by Zenimax Online Studios, which will provide an in-depth details for ESO players. Um, and that, I think, is really smart to keep as its own separate thing. In addition to announcing all this, they said in the post, to dedicate the proper amount of time for a deep dive into Bethesda Game Studios' Starfield, a standalone show is in the works. So... A lot there, which is great because we we needed some information. So, Destin, I want to throw to you first. Um, what do you think about this event? Uh, it's it's great. They really really needed to do something. I like that it's not going to be like hosted or have talent involved. It's really going to be the developers talking about the games that they've been working on, and that's really really exciting. They knew that they couldn't announce this and not include the fact that there's going to be a separate Starfield event. People would have just been like, well, what's wrong with Starfield? Starfield's <laughs> clearly in trouble. Like, uh-oh, but no, they're doing a whole separate event just to dive into Starfield. Uh, Miranda, there's been a lot of preview. There have been a lot of previews hitting for Redfall, and it has me much more interested in that game. I know you've been covering it a lot for IGN. Um, Games Radar recently had an interview with yep. Arcane Austin, and that was really cool because we learned just a little bit more about the world of uh, Redfall. Looking forward to that, but I'm really excited about seeing more from Forza Motorsport. Staying on Redfall for just a second, I think they've done a really good job of showing the atmosphere building of that world and how you're going to be like discovering things. I don't think they've dove enough into the game mechanics in video form yeah like, i want to know about how the loot system is going to work and how uh, it's more borderlands than anything from what i from what i've read and seen right they've What's tried your to make it that? they yeah they've tried to make it very clear that this is not left for dead They're like no <laughs> like we've said it so many times since yeah. last year and i think this is their opportunity to really show that as you said dustin they haven't shown a lot of like the moment to moment gameplay a lot of clips a lot of like here's a cool little feature at fighting like one vampire as we see here this has been around for a while um mm -hmm. but they haven't gone into like how multiplayer is going to work or like you said loot systems well well we talked a lot about in that interview. I sat down with Harvey Smith for like an hour and just like drilled him down on so many <laughs> questions of mechanics and exactly how loot system works and all that multiplayer information that is really important when you're connecting online with somebody. Um, but I think seeing it is a whole different thing. And that's what hopefully we'll get to see here. Uh, Stella, what stood out for you with this announcement? Uh, I'm, I mean, again, yeah, I'm really excited for Redfall, but also, like you said, like, I know you got that interview and we got a lot of information, but it's hard, it's been hard to visualize because upon first reaction, you're just like, oh, it looks like Back for Blood, like the graphics look this similar and the way that you're not completely ADSing all the time, it's very similar too. So you're just like, it's really hard to visualize what this is going to play like. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I am really glad that they are separating the Starfield presentation from this, uh, other extended gameplay showcase because... I know that people would just 
probably be like, where's Starfield, Starfield, Starfield. So it's, it's nice that they are separating it. Um, I'm honestly really excited for Minecraft Legends. It looks really mm-hmm. fun. And um, I really liked Minecraft Dungeons. So another multiplayer game that we can play seems really fun. And we didn't really get a lot about that. Like you said, you forgot what it looked like. Yeah, so. so I was like, okay, well, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, it's like Minecraft Dungeons. I'm like, well, not really, because it does have its own like visual style. It's the camera's yeah. pulled back more. And so it was hard for me to like think of what it was immediately because yeah. it was so fast, I think, amidst everything else that's been going on. Yeah, so I'm really excited about that, which, I mean, I don't know. Minecraft is just such a classic game, and the fact that they've been able to branch out recently is really cool. So I'm really excited to see what comes out of that. Right. Taylor, what do you think? Well, first off, I'm really glad that they addressed that Starfield wasn't going to be there because when I read the uh, the press release, I was like, hold up, we're Starfield. <laughs> and, and then I kept reading, and they're like, oh, well, it's actually going to have its own presentation. And I'm glad they did address that because I felt like if they just said nothing about it and then just waited till later to say something like towards like maybe the end of the stream or something, I think people would have been upset about that. But I'm excited to learn more about Redfall. I think I want to learn more about the abilities that they're going to have. And hopefully, hopefully they'll give us a firm release date because it's been delayed, what, once, twice already. So I want, I want to play this. I want to play this game. Give us a release date, please. Yeah, we got the first um, delay. And I think on your note there too, Taylor, is we don't, we don't have a lot of release windows aside from that f- initial from one year from last showcase. Dustin smirking. Be out. Yeah, Dustin smirking. I, I, I hit my mic and it like went flying across the thing. Oh, so I, was laughing uh, I thought you were laughing about the, the lack of release dates. I was like, yeah, I mean. No. So do you guys think well, we're yeah. going to get firm release dates for these games? Um, obviously, they also mentioned that Forza is going to be there. So we have like yeah. three really big things here. I think we should for some. Yeah, I, think I think we definitely should. Most. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we do, and just on the Forza note real quick, if I can, mm-hmm. it's actually one of the, the games that I'm the most excited about. Oh. Gran Turismo 7 kind of dominated the racing scene last year for PlayStation. Uh, in terms of sim racers, Forza Motorsport is really, they say they're trying to make the most technically advanced Forza ever made. So they're doing stuff like dynamic time of day and weather, and that's going to affect the temperature on the track, there's more points of contact with the tires. They're finally having fuel management in the game. They're adding different types of uh, tires so that you can have different types of grips given the weather conditions. They're doing a lot since Forza Motorsport 7 to improve this one. We know about a few of the, the tracks that have been uh, revealed thus far. I think there's, I think during the GDC talk, they said there's something like 30 tracks, and then, you know, they'll do those with different routes and backwards and forwards and all that good stuff. But like Laguna Seca is going to be there. Uh, Akone Kialami, Circuit de Spa. I don't know these names. <laughs> Circuit de Spa, Franco Chumps, and uh, Maple Valley was one of the first ones they revealed. There's a lot going into this game, uh, including in-game ray tracing, which was something that Gran Turismo really skirted around pre-launch. And then uh, Forces is like, oh yeah, we're going to have ray tracing <laughs> in-game during during races, as well as damage that's very specific about where the damage happens. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that we know about this game, and they've only shown just a little bit of it. I want to just see a race play out from start to finish. Like they've talked about the technical aspects and how they're trying to really push the the Forza engine forward with Forza Motorsport, and I want to see what the the actual moment to moment gameplay is going to look like. Um, 
I, I played through the campaign of Gran Turismo 7 last year. I'm ready for my next sim racer, and Forza Motorsport is definitely on that list. I think you really hit the nail on the head there, too, Dustin, when saying that you want to see more of this, too, because the whole, I think idea of this showcase is it's supposed to be as it's titled a developer direct what is very much about the gameplay it's about getting into these games and not having a lot of talking heads i think i hope mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah, we, just we, going through it we've seen the flash and sizzle we're looking at it right now in b-roll if you're yeah. watching and now i just want to see a race exactly like i want to see redfall i want to see somebody play through that get a piece of loot dismantle their old weapon and equip the new one what are the different perks like because they've talked about that in the interview and with with forza i want to see what does a race look like what does it look like when you do a pit stop and have to change your tires up because it started raining or something you know what does that dynamic damage look like in game uh during a traditional race so right. i'm really excited to see more from those two properties and like whatever they're doing with ESO and Minecraft. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say too, like weirdly with the pandemic, I think we've really missed that like preview press beat in a way. Yeah. And it's kind of starting to come back and it sort of existed mm -hmm. over that time. Um, but without that, we haven't had as much just like direct gameplay capture from outlets like us or anywhere else, or even from the studios directly either. And so I think we're just in a way hungry for that visual information. It's like, yes, we've heard people talk about these things. We just want to see them in action. And mm -hmm. I completely agree with that, Dustin. But also what you said about there being fuel management made me more certain than ever that I'm a Horizon person. Um, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> thinking the same yeah. thing. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a lot. The, the, yeah, the, but the road temperature. It's the sim. No, yeah, yeah it's, the, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. sim, so it's a different yeah. experience than Horizon for sure. Absolutely. And I think it's so cool to see them getting into that sort of depth with yeah. how they're doing the simulation part of it. And I think it'll be really fun for the folks who want to get down and dirty, get their wheels out, you know, sit down. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Put your little suit on. I don't know. Like, if I were doing this, I would absolutely, like, get gear. I'm like, all right, we're going in. But, you know, like, people build up full setups like that. They it's do. really cool. Yeah. I admire who that would do that? <laughs> Dustin prepping has a suit in the closet I, already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have the the steering wheel and stick shift and oh, okay. all that stuff. It. So like a, a a mount for it. I Whenever... bought it for GT, and now when I play Forza on PC, I can oh, use it on PC okay. also. Yay. So. Now we just so gotta fun. get you like a cool chair. I will say that. No. That's like the best part he about going no. to arcades. Wait, but that's the yeah. best part of going to arcades. Like you have that full setup, so you don't have to yeah. buy it. But like I think if... arcades don't have. Forza Motorsport, like that's that's a lesser if, experience at that point. Also, they probably. If Fanatec wants to give me a call for on behalf of IGN, you they can give me a call. They're the, like the premier creator of oh, that okay. sort of stuff. So yeah, excellent. Yeah, they do make really good stuff. Yeah. In, in that department, they're very consistent about. Don't that. call Taylor. Just test it. <laughs> okay, so hopeful for release dates for these obviously uh minecraft seems best positioned for it as they did say like coming this spring in the post so they're probably going to give some more details for yeah. that i would assume too that since they're giving so much information that these are pretty pretty close um but are you guys worried that starfield is not do you think that's going to get pushed out of this original window because it's not going to be at this event no no not personally i don't think I talked a lot so, so if anybody else wants to jump in before i do <laughs> <laughs> I, th I think it's staying. They just published like two, three days ago that it's still coming out the first half of 2023. Mm -hmm. So I think it stays. All right. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get a release date specifically, but yeah, they, they did announce that it's they're not going to have any more delays. So hopefully they stick to that. So I don't think that it's going to get delayed. Um, 
I think, especially with this having its own showcase, uh, I, I feel like there's enough there that they're like, yeah, we're like on our last legs. We just need to make sure everything's polished. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what it feels like to me um, with that messaging. But yeah. Um, Taylor, I want to go to you for this next question. Um, but what do you think about this potentially being a reoccurring event for Microsoft and having developer directs? And do you have any potential wishlist studios that you'd like to see do this next? Well, I, I'm actually pretty excited about this. I hope they continue to do this in the future, uh, especially since, what was it, 2020? They announced a lot of first-party games that were, like, down the pipeline. And we haven't really heard from a lot of those. Like, I would like to know what's going on with State of Decay 3, for example. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I hope that this, I hope this, they just knock it out of the park, and then that's their sign to go, hmm, maybe we should do more of these. <laughs> because I feel like there's just been this wide gap of just, like, radio silence. And, like, I know these games are coming, but maintaining a reasonable line of communication does go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Destin, is there any studios from Microsoft that you want to see specifically do this? Well, to Taylor's point, they have been waiting. If there was one studio I were to pick just more from Bethesda, like what's id working on, um, what's going on with Avowed from Obsidian, mm -hmm. I believe, right? Um, that's like by far the most anticipated Xbox game. So if I could pick one, it's a vow. But I feel like Microsoft's been waiting for whatever's going to happen with Activision to happen. And right. I think they're hoping that that's done by E3 time so that they can have a big presence at E3. But to answer your specific question, this clip of Avowed is all we have. We know <laughs> it's in the Pillars of Eternity universe. I want more Avowed, <laughs> please. Fair, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there anything on your list, Stella, that you'd like to see? Not really. I mean, just more release dates, honestly. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know what to expect. So I'm just like, I've stopped expecting things, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i good with the stuff that they're showing at the gameplay showcase. We're probably getting release dates there. Um, but, yeah, no, like, I, I don't have a tie to Avowed. Like, I don't have anything with that. Um, Perfect Dark seemed really cool, but, like, we haven't gotten any updates on that either, so... I don't know. That, that'd be kind of cool to get an update this year, but I know that they've gone through like a huge rework. So yeah, not really expecting anything for a while. Right. I kind of hope that they use this as sort of a springboard for um, deep dives into games they say announce at like E3 yeah. or at Gamescom, if there's any mm -hmm. like short showcases, because they always do these big reels, right? Mm -hmm. And I think this would also be a great place to just like pepper in, again, those deep dives yeah. and not necessarily do it like right after a show, because I think a lot of people have to like leave and they did that sometimes. <laughs> I think it was a Gamescom. Yeah. They had like a very long, like hour and a half show. And we're like, all right, guys, we gotta go. <laughs> I don't remember that. But yeah. yeah, like they, they, they just kind of like, kind of drag on. And I think having more focused showcases that are shorter and ready to go would be a bit better because yeah. if it's only a handful of games then at least you have better expectations for what you're going to see and the people that really care about it can tune in. Like I said with ESO, right? Like I think that deserves a place too. And like, obviously there's people who are really excited about that and giving them space to have that is really important. Yeah. But Overall, we will see what they have for January 25th. Obviously we have our expectations set, which is always nice to have just ready to go in waiting for new information. So I'm excited and I'm excited to watch it with all of y'all because I'm sure we will be. <laughs> um, but next up, we have more <laughs> news. Uh, this is, so I'm a little hesitant about release dates and anything basically these days. And here's another reason why. Ubisoft just delayed this morning Skull and Bones for the sixth time and canceled three other games. 
Uh, so this kind of comes off the heels of doing some investor calls and they announced in a press release that they have delayed Skull and Bones once again. It was originally supposed to be out in fall 2018. It was last delayed in September to this March 9th. And now it's going to be sometime between April 2023 and sometime in 2024. No idea when. So it's got uh, quite a big gap of just, it could be sooner, it could be later. Um, who knows what's up with that game? I'm convinced it's fake, but... Obviously, people have played it, and yeah. there is something very wrong going with it, and I just wish that team the best because I cannot imagine how stressful today is for them and having to say, like, all right, we're getting in again, like, delayed again. Yeah. Um, so the press release from Ubisoft said they are facing major challenges as the industry continues to shift toward mega brands and long-lasting titles other than um, that can reach players across the globe, across platforms, and business models. Um, they cited underperformance from Mario and Rabbids, Sparks of Hope, and Just Dance 2023 as issues. So in addition to, of course, delaying Skull and Bones, they also canceled three unannounced titles, uh, which is always a bummer to see that happen. But those joined Ghost Recon Frontline and Splinter Cell VR and two other unannounced titles that were canceled last July. Um, so Ubisoft will also be doing some restructuring amid all of this news. Um, in all of that, they also tried to say that they still have a lot of games coming out, of course. Um, Avatar, Frontiers of Pandora, Assassin's Creed Mirage, and, quote, other premium unannounced games, including a large one, are on the way. Huh. So... Yeah, obviously Ubisoft does is pretty ambitious. They develop a lot of things yeah. and the games that they put out are massive. Like what was it? Uh Assassin's Creed Valhalla just got its last update. That's been going on for a long time. Um Stella, what do you think about this news? Um the 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 part in the release where it says Ubisoft is facing major challenges as the industry continues to shift towards mega brands and long-lasting titles, it kind of brings up that point that I continually make about Ubisoft in recent years is that I, I feel like they're just not in touch with what the community wants in terms of games like yeah they release a lot of games um Assassin's Creed always does really well so mm -hmm. of course it's going to it's like it's a like Call of Duty in terms of like open world action RPG games like of course it's going to do really well but in terms of the other things that they've tried they've not done well and I think it's also a lot to do with the way that they do like um closed groups group studies to see how people like things um but they keep it very small and it seems like the uh criticism that they take and the feedback that they're given it's not really applied mm. so a lot of things like hyperscape had a lot of issues and it could have been a really decent br that could have been long lasting i mean um they just weren't able to adapt to their battle pass they weren't able to adapt to their gunplay to be on par with everything else and they just never made updates to it that made it come up to uh recent standards and then they had to close that down uh, I know they had other FPS games that also did not match up to current day standards. And it just feels like there's this disconnect between where Ubisoft is and with what people want. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting. I mean, Mario plus Rabbids, of course, it, it'll do well. Like, it's a good game. But I don't know if there was a real want for that currently. I know you don't like it, but you know, I don't know if there was like a real want for that. And Just Dance, of course, will do decently among family and stuff. But ever since they got rid of the Kinect support and camera support, really, on other consoles, it, it's just not doing as well. And they also got rid of their esports for that, which was a huge scene. And now people are like, well, I don't want to play it anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like disconnect that I feel like they have between their community and their actual development. I would say too, like the Just Dance model of like distributing songs and stuff has been a little 
it's fine. You you Unfavorable. buy it. Yeah, you buy it once, and they have a season pass now. But it is not. It's honestly not worth it. No, like, as, I didn't. Yeah. I, I I purchased it. I think like two years ago, and I was like, oh, it's not worth it. Yeah, don't don't love this. So I think there's just as you're saying, they have a lot of challenges adapting to industry standards, and then yeah. also just like paying attention to what's happening within the gaming scene. Taylor, what do you think? Well, I, firstly, I feel that I don't know. I feel like Ubisoft's starting to play it a little safer than they were like maybe five, 10 years ago. Uh, that big unannounced project, I'm thinking, I wonder if it's that Star Wars yeah. project that they <laughs> unofficially announced, but never really officially revealed. And I, I, when they said that very broad release window for Skull and Bones, I just looked at, I was like, we're not getting this this year. <laughs> I don't think we're getting it in 2023. Uh, but also I, the other thing that kind of makes me cautiously optimistic about Ubisoft's future is that this focus on like these big, you know, uh, IPs and things like that. But one of the things that I have an issue with specifically in their open world games is that I feel they focus more on the quantity over the quality. And I noticed this very apparently in the last two Far Cry games that I played. No, actually the last three. And I, I noticed this was an issue in The Division 2 and pretty much every other Ubisoft open world game I played in the last like two to three years. So if they're going to pivot to focusing more on things that aren't going to be much of risk takers, then I would hope that they also try to focus more on less on like the the scope and the big grand scale and focus more on like giving us meaningful like side quests and things that actually make an impact and aren't just necessarily like radiant fetch quests or things of that nature. Right, right. Um, Dustin, what do you think before you have to head out here soon? Yeah, I might have to bounce a little early, but real quick, I'm actually kind of excited about Skull and Bones. I have been for a while. They were, they've had hands-on demos, and every time people walk away positive, excited about that property, uh, and it looks interesting to me, and the, they delayed it again. I'm like, at some point, you either have to pull the plug or let that game release and just see what happens with it, you know? Uh, don't tease us with like a 20-minute gameplay demo or however long that video was, the deep dive and then mm -hmm. just push it a year it might be 2024 now i don't know if that game is ever going to see the light of day do you anyway do you like esteem and like excitement for that game is waning as it keeps getting pushed like do you think it can hold up when it releases? yeah i don't know i've never seen a game that's been like done this many times <laughs> and then delayed it's very strange you know um they have other properties too like I'm just looking on Wikipedia. They have like mm -hmm. Brothers in Arms. They have the Far Cry franchise. They still have uh, Splinter Cell that's being developed. Uh, Beyond Good and Evil. We just don't know what's oh God, happening with right. that. Yep, Beyond Good yeah, and Evil. Yeah, and like, <laughs> like that must be in development hell. I don't know what's going on with that. And then like you look at some of the stuff that they've announced. They've announced like Prince of Persia, but then it has this strange new aesthetic. That just doesn't resonate with people. I'm like, how do you how do you not get that right? Like, how do you not recognize right away? People just want a prettier version of the original game. Dead Space nailed it. Like, look at Dead mm. Space. Everybody's stoked for the new Dead Space. They changed just enough. They modernized it in a cool new engine. It looks great. People are stoked for that. Prince of Persia, it almost feels like you're getting a, a downgraded version of that original property. So, like, even with their remasters remasters uh the visual aesthetic just isn't there so it, it's and then stella like all those shooters that you've covered from ubisoft what is what was x defiant who was the target oh, audience no, for that we keep talking like, about like, this it was like, so yeah. bad it was like mm -hmm. overwatch 
But if you took in like division mechanics and it did not translate well and it just felt yeah. so bad. It was so bad. I'm so sorry. Did- This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N-O-R-D-V-P-N dot com slash U-N-L-O-C-K-D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash Unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. They have great properties. Like Division, the Division team, Massive, they're working on the Star Wars game. That's exciting. We haven't heard anything about it except for the screenshot that they're still working on it you know the the avatar game is still in development with the the new engine there's cool stuff happening and rainbow six continues to just bring in money for them Mm -hmm. and then they try these like like i'm all for new ips and experiments but i could have told you on paper that x defiant didn't sound like a good idea so that's the thing that's very strange right because it feels like ubisoft is disconnected in a lot of ways and i know i said this on a previous episode too but it seems like they're more focused on chasing trends rather than trying to set them Mm -hmm. or rather than trying to play to their strengths like obviously they they are one of the companies that have mega brands and think these ongoing games and it's weird that they cited it it's like oh obviously people just want these long-lasting titles and mega brands and it's like that's not entirely true and i think they've also published some smaller games that have done really really well Mm -hmm. um so it almost feels like they're not looking 
hard enough at what does well for them and trying more within that space and they're just trying to capture like what's like the trendy buzzword but then because you're starting off yeah. the buzzword and not starting before that even really became a thing which is hard to do right you're like yeah. predicting the future of like what these trends could be uh, but because you're following it you're going to come out years too late when that community that was really interested in that sort of game is already invested in a game and yeah. it's really hard to shift off of that like <laughs> when you come to battle royale or whatever it may be it's hard to want to shift especially if you've already put a lot of money in or mm-hmm. if your friends are already there um, and it has to be something cool and exciting and it seems a lot of times like ubisoft just makes these they put them out real quick and they say cool we did it and yeah. people are like like you have yeah. stated many times still i think it's just a little bit questionable of like what what is this battle pass like why is this structured this way why didn't they yeah, do more we, maybe research on how to make this we just happen? want you to care about what you're making and it's very obvious when like there's no passion there and it's just to try to match the trend that you're making and it's so so obvious so it's it yeah i mm. what was that one where they were trying to make the uh is it splinter or no ghost recon frontline was that the battle royale thing too yeah yeah, they're doing the Battle Royale for Ghost Recon, and it's just like Ghost Recon is a potentially multiplayer tactical uh, shooter game, and you're just making a Battle Royale out of it, which might work, it might not, but it was very strange and out of left field, right? Yeah, good that they canceled I, I, I mean, not good that they canceled it, but they, I mean, they did end up canceling it. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that was canceled, but like, yep. there, so <laughs> that, that one's gone. But like Ghost Recon, like go back to Advanced Warfare and we're like what that was about. That was the last popular one that did really well. And they haven't done anything like that basically since Gra 2. And it's like, wh- how do you get so detract, distra- like off the path with a franchise like that? Like your fans have told you what they want. They like Gra and they like Gra 2. And then it's never sort of hit the way it did back then. And I don't know. It's, yeah. it's frustrating because they have great IPs. And so I, I would make one argument. I don't think it's a lack of passion. I think it's too many cooks in the kitchen mm. trying to get their vision on the table for a property. And that's how you end up with something like X Defiant with five different IPs crammed into it. It's just bizarre. Right. And I think it's, okay. as you said, too, um, it's a lot of people having a say on like what these things need to be. And it's not going to always be the people who are like, you know, making yeah. the game that chose these things it's like well this is our this is our assignment yeah now we gotta yeah. try to do it under like whatever time constraints and i think that the thing is right they have so many resources obviously that it'd be really interesting to see what happens if they you know focus them a little <laughs> bit more on maybe trying those cool things and like letting yeah. some of their creativity show and i think you get to see that with assassin's creed and other things every now and then um but it's like these auxiliary games they try to do that are outside of like their mega blockbuster hits um that they have some troubles with um taylor did you have anything else real quick All i right, have to yeah. go to the dentist though so i'll just <laughs> say goodbye to everybody uh we got started a little late today so my dentist appointment came out to it but i'll see you next episode everybody bye for now yep see you Dustin. So I guess we're trying to piggyback off of just these properties that they have. I, for one, would like another Rainbow Six game. I know mm-hmm. that Siege is making them lots of money, but I'd like another story-driven Rainbow Six mm-hmm. game. Like when remember when I remember when Patriots got canceled, for example, and that really broke my heart. So I just feel that with their with the, they have a lot of great properties, as Dustin was saying earlier. And I think that they should make another story-driven Rainbow Six game. I remember when they canceled Patriots and that ended up being Siege. I would still like to see Patriots. I know it probably won't be what it was, what, like 10 years ago when it was initially announced, but 
that's a game I would like to see again because I feel like, you know, the Tom Clancy properties, I like the Tom Clancy books. There's a lot of potential there to tell these very original and interesting stories. And we've seen them do this with other stuff. I mean, the division had the potential, but I don't think they really tapped into that. I know that wasn't necessarily like a Tom Clancy book they adapted or anything like that. But I feel that Ubisoft really needs to kind of refocus more and on what makes their games great and looking back at their previous portfolio. And also just like on another topic, I would like to see them make another horror game. Does anyone remember that game Cold Fear that came out during the sixth generation? No. Mm, nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one, I feel like some someone in the comments, if, if you if you have seen, like played Cold Fear or know what it is, please please put that in the comments. Someone out there is very <laughs> excited that you said yeah. that title. I, I hope they are because I, I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people have, I think when it first released, a lot of people criticized it as being like a Resident Evil 4 clone. But if I recall, this game came came out before Resident Evil 4 or something like that. Basically, the turnaround time, I was like, there's just no way that this developer coincidentally made a game that was a Resident Evil 4 clone or anything like that. And, you know, it's got a little jank to it, but I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> the and dev I, interview just... with the flashing lights is so funny. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> so, Ubisoft, I think you should just I, you should make another horror game. Why not remake Cold Fear? I don't know. I feel like there is a, a market f to bring back big budget horror games that are actually scary and not just like ones that rely on jump scares or a lot of action. So that's my, that's my pitch. Yeah, I mean, honestly, horror always has a place, I think, in the mm -hmm. indie scene, but it's really having a moment in some of these bigger studios. I think everyone's kind of having that craving for something that's a little spooky. We also yeah. saw like Dead Space is coming out soon. There's a lot of excitement for that. We had a lot last year as well. Um, so I think you're you're right on it with it, Taylor, that they should probably maybe look at their backlog if they do want something that's established and not take a risk on a brand new IP. They could try something that they have in their back pocket. Yeah. But it remains to be seen what Ubisoft will do next. But, you know, hopefully the upcoming games will be cool. And I, I have hope that their Assassin's Creed games will continue to be good and fun. But hopefully they can get everything else in order. <laughs> Um, so for our next story, we have a shakeup at turn uh, Playground Games. So six Forza Horizon developers depart Playground Games to form a new studio. Um, so this is reported by Eurogamer that their creative director, Mike Brown, and five others have departed to make a studio called Maverick Games. With Brown as the lead, they're planning to work on premium open world games for consoles and PC. And from Eurogamer, they said Tom Butcher, a lead producer at Playground, serves as a studio executive producer. Matt Craven, a technical director at Playground, is the chief technical officer. Gareth Harwood is a technical art director or was a technical art director at Playground and is going to be their content director. Then Fra Fraser Strachan it was an audio director and will also be an audio director at Maverick. Uh, so... Um, as does Pen oh, Ben Penrose will also be a um, person at Maverick. He was a former playground art director as well. So they've got a lot of directors leaving yeah. to go do their own thing, which you know what? Th that happens. And I think there was some speculation too of like people saying, hey, what, what happened at playground? Like what's wrong? How could they let this happen? And like the, the reality of it is that sometimes people just leave to do their own thing. And like sometimes you you know you work on an IP for so long, and I think Playground Two is known for just doing Forza Horizon. Of yeah. course, they have some other things on the way, <laughs> Fable, um, <laughs> someday. But you know, <laughs> someday. But like with that being said, if you're if your studio is so focused on one thing, I think creatively that sort of limits you, right? Because you can't 
just start making a completely new game. Um, so maybe this team just like really likes each other and they want to go do their own thing. And I think that's always exciting. We do have a lot of these smaller studios breaking out over the past few years um, with these bigger studios having talent to come out and do their own things as well. So I'm curious to see what they'll be doing. Um, they said, for players, we're already at work on exciting ultra high quality title and for developers we're building a home where everyone is encouraged to take risks be curious be creative be innovative be themselves and above all be a maverick the developer said um do you guys have any hopes of what they will work on first obviously forza horizons the big thing that they have now screaming across their their mm -hmm. resume but they've worked on other things too so is there anything else that you'd like to see them or do you think they'll stick with racing games or do you think they'll do something else oh why did they use the word maverick it makes me think maybe they're gonna do some like top gun <laughs> open know, world game hard. i know <laughs> it's very it's like they're gonna make a, a new yeah. like flight sim dlc yeah, or something like, <laughs> like a, a what is it um like an arcade flight simulator but yeah i don't know immediately as soon as i heard the word maverick i was like oh top gun but honestly that's what i thought too because yeah. like yeah they went with maverick games which i think has a lot of associations like i also think yeah. of like the mavericks like sports yes so it's like wow man now mm -hmm. it's like just really hard to associate with one thing but i mean it could be anything right they could be sticking it, with what yeah. they know and doing cards but they could also do something with as you said flight like i think there's maybe some space too not necessarily as a simulator but like some like dog fighting and like wild yeah. sky games I mean, I don't know. I, I have no idea. They have not given much information other than premium open world game. So I'm like, okay. And it's for consoles and PC. So that seems like it's a very general audience. It doesn't seem to be competitive. It's very like for everyone, it seems. So I'm like, I don't know. I, I genuinely have no idea what they would make, but I know that their open world is going to be good because Forza Horizon 5 was amazing and I don't like racing games. And I know this is not a racing sim specifically, but it was still so good and I don't play any car-based games. So I, I fully trust that their open world is going to be good. Okay. Yeah. Taylor? Yeah, I mean, just to Stella's point, it's a very uh, general just like, hey, we're working on this thing. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm excited for them. I'm curious to see exactly what the genre will be. I don't think it'll be a racing game, although if it is, I'd be impressed to see <laughs> what they do and like, kind of like some of the, the pages they've taken from working on you know, the Horizon games. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to see them do like a, like a aerial combat game or, you know, maybe do a platformer. I really like platformers. We need more platformers. Give us more platformers. <laughs> yeah, that could always be a thing. Um, it's, it's a, and curious to me that they're breaking off and immediately saying we're doing open world because that's yeah. really ambitious to me. Open yeah. world's hard, but they do already have um, funding for their mm -hmm. studio, so they're good to go there. They're doing a lot of hiring. They've already hired a few people, um, so they've got something going, and obviously they have an idea that they're obviously not ready to share, but it's cool that they do have um, something set up and ready to go. Um, also, Maverick also means independent individual who does not go along with a group or a party. Mm -hmm. That is from Merriam-Webster. Thank you, the dictionary. And <laughs> so I think that also gives some idea. Like, obviously, it's probably not Top it's, Gun. I mean, but, yeah. You know, oh. just, just, just. I can dream, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just some, like, weird timing, I think, with yeah. know, that being kind of like talk of the town last year. But um, I think them trying to show that they want to do something independently and something different is, is going to be good. But I yeah. think it would also behoove them to say, like, what kind of open world game they want to do. Like, are yeah. you sticking with... Um, vehicle based things or are you just kind of doing like more 
people-based things like just little people you know <laughs> i mean technically if you're if you're in a vehicle you, there's someone in there but also do you ever pretend that you're the car when you're i mean yeah games? when i play forza I'm oh, just like, i always i'm do. the car i'm the car I'm, I'm the car it's me the yeah. car I, yeah i feel like i'm in the, the, the those pixar movie cars yeah exactly <laughs> <gasps> what if they do a cars open world <laughs> <laughs> See that's this is, oh my god um this is part of the thing that always happens for new studios too i think whenever you have them breaking out from a very established very known studio that's identified oh my gosh here we go here we go Ciao. um when we have something identified with a franchise it's hard to like see them splitting off and do something completely different until they say otherwise basically mm-hmm. and i think that's actually been true for a lot of the smaller studios that i've seen like some people i remember were from irrational or had at least worked on Bioshock and did something that felt in that vein. And yeah. so th- that happens a lot. And that's not bad. It's just, I think we're looking for expectations because we're all hungry for knowledge and information that is not ours to have. And we are <laughs> nosy. We want to know. So hopefully they'll say a little bit more eventually. But yeah. this is also a nice reminder for me to keep up my list of all these studios that broke up from big studios <laughs> and we want to know what they're doing next. So... <laughs> And also, if you guys haven't seen Cars, go watch Cars. <laughs> Ka-chow. Um, okay, let's go work. Let's go. Let's go to the next story because I think we're getting close on time. Um, and this one's a little bit on the longer side. This one came from Taylor, and also nice news from Xbox this morning was that Xbox update aims to help consoles owners reduce carbon emissions. So this may be not the most exciting news for everybody, <laughs> but it is actually pretty important. Um, so every little bit helps, is what I say. But Xbox insiders are getting access to a new feature today for Xbox Series consoles and the xbox one consoles that change how their xbox uses power when it's turned off so when you turn off your your console you just press you know the button you're like okay yes shut down Mm -hmm. that doesn't actually turn it off (laughs) so and if you didn't know i'm sure a lot of people know it actually just goes into a sleep state and so this allows it to perform updates allows you to say hey i want to buy this game and download it or on game pass if you're on the app you say i want i want this game add it to my library let's download it it lets you just do all these different functions while it's technically off but not really Really? Um, and in light of that, Microsoft just says, hey, what if we develop a new way to make sure that we're optimizing that time off to make a energy saving power option? And so this is from Xbox Wire. When your console is plugged in, connected to the Internet and regional carbon intensity data is available xbox will schedule game app and os updates for your console at specific times during the nightly maintenance window that may result in lower carbon emissions because a higher proportion of electricity is coming from lower carbon sources on the electric grid for example instead of your xbox waking up during the nightly maintenance window at a random time between 2 a.m and 6 a.m your console will wake up at a time when it can use the most renewable energy in your local energy grid This decreases fossil fuel dependency and CO2 emissions and could potentially save you money. We love that. Um, While only available to Xbox insiders that use shutdown energy saving right now, all Xbox gamers will have a chance to update soon so that your Xbox console is carbon aware, which is a funny term to say. It's like, we're carbon aware now. Um, (laughs) So this new option supposedly cuts power by up to 20 times compared to the normal sleep mode. Um, The post also noted that this new option won't affect performance, gameplay, or console's ability to update games or the system. Um, That goes on to say... Also, every step we t- every small step we take has a larger collective impact in choosing shutdown energy. Well, 
energy saving can have real meaningful impact. For example, for every two consoles that switch to shutdown energy saving mode for one year, we will save the equivalent amount of carbon removed by one tree planted and grown for a decade. This is based on average of the Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One consoles on shutdown energy saving mode for 20 hours per day for one year. Um, so this is also going to be launched aside a thing where you can choose your active hours for Xbox. So it'll actually shut down outside of those hours. So this is on Xbox series. They said, you can just like set those hours. It's like, I play here and then it'll adapt to your play time. So it's like, I'll be on and like awake. I don't know. For me, this feels more like it's like more sentient. It's like, it's my little buddy. It's awake. It wakes <laughs> up when I wake up. Cause that's when I go on my Xbox and it's like, all right, you're, you're gonna, I'm going to sleep now. Um, and then for the Xbox ones, which it's nice that they're also up supporting this on Xbox one. Um, that's something you actually have to set and it won't just automatically learn that. Um, but yeah, so a lot of things to kind of address, obviously, global warming and yeah. trying to be a little bit more carbon aware, as they say. Um, but Taylor, what did you think about this? Obviously, brought the story forward, and it is pretty important. I was very excited about it. I feel like it. Well, I feel that Microsoft, just as a whole company, not just the its gaming arm, mm-hmm. I've they've been a lot more environmentally conscious, as I like to say, because saying. <laughs> The carbon one just sounds kind of funny carbon aware. But I've, <laughs> yeah, carbon aware. I, I've I've noticed that in the last like five years that Microsoft has been a lot more environmentally conscious in some of their decisions, and especially just like on their like Surface products and just like the the more of their bigger tech arm. So I'm glad to see that it's starting to show and appear more on the Xbox front. And I believe they what was it in 2019? Uh, Mike or yeah, Microsoft joined like the playing for the Planet Alliance mm-hmm. in 2019. And also, I feel like it's just not a topic that's really talked about a lot in gaming. Is that you know e waste and just like carbon emissions and things like that. That that stuff does leave a pretty big carbon footprint. So the fact that you know Xbox is taking the initiative to try to you know minimize the carbon footprint for its Xbox like for console owners that have their consoles, I think is a really good step. And like, I know a lot of people think it's just like a small thing, but I was like, those little small things do add up if you, you know, if you take the initiative and actually partake in them. Right. Uh, Stella, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, this is honestly really nice. Also, it, and it, it kind of uh, also helps the user. So I know for PG&E in California area, there's like between the times like 4 and 8 p.m. or something like it's it's the high time. So the fact that this also operates around, like it intuitively knows when the best time is to use your energy, which is great. So it's not only helping the environment, it's also helping you save a little bit of money on your um, electric bill, which is great. So it is very interesting. I think the most impressive thing is that every two consoles for a year that switch to energy saving um it it saves it it saves the equivalent amount of carbon removed by one tree planted that's awesome like yeah it only takes two consoles so that is i know most gamers won't care about this but it is huge what they've been able to do in a powerhouse like microsoft doing this i'm like i hope more companies look at this and go oh we could probably do something like that too yeah and like tvs and other things have optimizations like this too but the difference of course is that like with xbox and game consoles nowadays their option of going in that sleep state rather than being turned off is meant to be you know as a bonus so that you can do all these things while you're offline because gaming these days isn't as simple as just like plugging in a cartridge or putting in a disc like (laughs) back then it didn't really matter it just it was off and like you don't like instead of just having like unplug it like obviously the biggest way you can save is just unplug it but who's gonna do that it's too inconvenient and you're like Miranda plus you want your updates to be done when you play yeah are you gonna do that are you gonna really unplug your xbox no I'm not gonna do that but like it's it's it is inconvenient 
convenient. And I think, Stella, as you were saying, and Taylor too, like them focusing on finding these ways that are more friendly to our wallets through the power grid, through energy saving, and obviously to the planet and finding those small ways to keep advancing our technology, but also doing it in a responsible way that puts more of the responsibility on the companies making these devices rather than just the consumers. Because ultimately, yes, we have a lot we can do, but I'm also of the mind that the companies making all this stuff also need to be even more at the forefront of it. Like they need to be the ones changing their practices, changing their technology to make sure that they are developing things to be more responsible and making it easier for people who buy these things to do things better for the planet. And so I think that's what came down to it. And I was like, oh, well, if I want to be carbon aware, I could just unplug my console and like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, so that, that was kind of the thing. And obviously there are a lot of buzzwords, anything you hear like carbon neutral or yeah. carbon, whatever, like I actually implore everybody to like, look a little bit more into that. If you ever see something that's like, oh yeah, carbon neutral, I'll just do that. That's great. Like, I remember I got some shipping from Etsy. It's like, this is a carbon neutral thing. I was like, what? You didn't change it. Yeah. Any- anyway, it's, there's a lot of that buzz term technology and yeah. seeing a company like Microsoft, as you said, Taylor too, join these initiatives and actually make changes that are substantial to the functions that they already programmed, made, and are yeah. um, shifting and telling us how that works and why it works is really helpful and very, I think, friendly to us to understand why these changes are happening and how they actually benefit things. So yeah, that's kind of the news for today. Like, yeah. I think there's not a lot else that we want to talk about, but Thank you guys for joining me. And of course, we're not going to be doing any special Xbox trivia. Wait, who, what happened with trivia last week? Oh, no one got anything. So it's yeah. basically like starting over. Yeah. So. Okay. Because yeah. I think I know that one. And I was like, wait, I didn't get, have a chance to check it yeah. out. So I'll have to check. <laughs> Taylor. Yeah. If I was on more, I would be slaying at trivia just because I'm really good at trivia. I do trivia every Thursday at this like speakeasy. Oh, my God. Okay. This is, Sorry, yeah, you're, you're forbidden on the yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because I did the trivia because then you will just crush us all yeah that's, mm-mm, mm-mm. oh my goodness okay well since we're skipping that for the week and I did not come up with the topic since we had so much news to talk about I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up but yeah. um first Taylor where can people find you and what are you working on uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tay Nixter, and currently I'm just working on kind of like a curtain raiser for PlayStation VR 2. Please, Xbox guys, don't come after my neck. Uh, I just She asked me a question, I'm answering it honestly. So working on that since its release is next month, so I'm pretty excited about that. It's just kind of like, a, oh, here's what I think is going to determine its measure of success. But that is, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Tay Nixter. Or TikTok. I sometimes am on TikTok, but not really. Just mostly on Twitter these days. Nice. And Stella, how about you? Yeah. Um, so this week I covered the Valorant new season patch and also the Apex season, up- or not season update. It's the collection event patch notes uh, because you can make custom matches now so if you want to watch that you can go ahead and watch that on our youtube channel um and then i have an op-ed piece coming out on monday about apex legends and the content drought that it suffers from but yeah other than that um i'm parallax stella on twitter and on tiktok where i've been uploading like my daily every other day fitness vlogs so if you want to keep up with me there that is where you can find me nice mm-hmm. i'm gonna follow you on tiktok me too i was just like oh that new TikTok. Uh, stella we're fellow gym rats here yeah so. <laughs> maybe me soon too who knows yeah try it we're trying getting back into it new year new me new year's yeah. whatever <laughs> no i said no new year's resolutions that's i don't i don't do them either too much stress that's yeah yes. I, I don't I don't do it yeah. either. Yeah. I know. It's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at Havoc 
Rose and Let's Havoc with a K on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. Right now on Twitch, I'm playing Gears of War 2 with my twin sister because she's never played it. So we're playing through the whole series and it's been a delight. <laughs> um, something's about to happen. We're going to start crying soon. Um, I already cried because Carmine. But um, aside from that, if you guys are going to be playing some of the new games coming to Game Pass soon, which include Persona 4 Golden and Monster Hunter Rise, and you need a little help, we've got a lot of guides for those. So please check that out. And then other than that, I'll be here. I'll be here next week, and we yeah. will be back. Uh, thank you so much, Taylor, Stella, and Dustin at the dentist. <laughs> I hope it's all well. I hate dentist time, but I hope it's Mm-mm. going well. And then, of course, for our super, du- super producer, Red, and for Ryan, who's also not here, um, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you all next week. Bye. As pawns or die as pirates. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.